Welcome back to A Sharper Life, the podcast that sharpens your perspective on living a life of passion, purpose, and growth. I'm Nikki Sharp, your host and fellow life enthusiast, and I am thrilled to embark on this insightful journey with you each and every week. So I wanted to just quickly share that your podcast reviews not only mean the world to me, but they help other people find the show. And I wanted to highlight one that recently came in from Susie and Ruby saying, best podcast ever. Nikki shares her wisdom in every episode and her passion for what she does always shines. I always learn something new from her that I can apply to my own life and become a better version of me. Thank you, Nikki, for always being authentic and vulnerable with us, the magic pills. You are an inspiration. Thank you so much, Susie and Ruby, for that review. And I just wanted to let you know that if you leave one, I will do my best to read it out on a future podcast because I really want to illuminate you, the beautiful listener, and say thank you so much because your support really does mean the world to me and your reviews help other people find the show as well as you sharing the episode. So today I wanted to talk about poor gut health and why it is making you stressed and sick and how to change it literally today. So I'm going to be giving you actionable tips, and this is going to be including foods that will help change the gut microbiome, help reduce your stress and other things that you need to know. So what exactly am I talking about when I'm saying the gut and the microbiome? So your gut is your gastrointestinal system, which includes your stomach, your intestines, and your colon. And it it digests and absorbs nutrients from foods and it excretes waste. So that's kind of the, the broader definition. Now, there's about 200 different species of bacteria, viruses, and fungi that live in your large intestine. And the bacteria and other microorganisms in your gut are known as your gut microbiome. So the bacteria helps to break down food and it turns nutrients into what your body can use for energy. Now, there are certain types of bacteria in your gut that may contribute to some diseases and there are microorganisms that are harmful to our health. Now, there are also many that are beneficial and necessary for a healthy body. So what does this have to do with stress and being sick? Well, your gut health has a direct impact on your immune system. So as I say these, I want you to think about where am I with this? How do I feel? If I had to, and this is actually not a bad exercise, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, you know what, I feel like I'm flourishing here and one being like, yeah, I am really not doing well here. What would you rate yourself for each one? So as I was mentioning, gut health impacts your immune system. So on a day-to-day basis, how healthy do you feel like you are? Are you getting sick often? It has an impact on your mental health. So brain fatigue, fog, and just the thoughts that you're thinking every single day. It has an impact on autoimmune diseases. So your gut health can either keep these in check or it can exacerbate them. Your gut health has an impact on endocrine disorders such as type 2 diabetes. So maybe you don't deal with that. You would just put that as an NA on your chart. 
It also has an impact on gastrointestinal disorders such as IBS or irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease. So I want you to think about maybe you don't have a gastrointestinal disorder, but I want you to really question and think about how often am I getting bloated? How often am I getting constipated? How often do I just not feel good in my gut? It also has an impact on your cardiovascular system and disease. So again, how do you feel like within your body? Do you feel like your blood is flowing properly? Do you feel like, you know, when you go for a run, you are out of breath quickly and, and that's happening? Or do you feel like you just have a lot of energy? Your gut impacts your sleep and it impacts your digestion. Now, when you think about your overall health and wellness, typically, and when I see clients, the first thing that women come to me for is they say, I want to lose weight, or I want to reduce stress, or my relationships are not where I want them to be. XYZ, there are so many other things. But what it kind of boils down to is rather than talking about the external situation. So if you're in a relationship that is not good, it's causing you stress, or maybe you're not in a relationship and that in of itself is causing you stress. I want you to also just think about in terms of your life, when you are making decisions, are you making decisions from your head, your logical mind, or are you listening to your gut? Because the gut is what is called the second brain. And we as humans... We tend to prioritize making decisions and thinking from the mind. Now, I want you to think about this. The mind creates problems. And you are trying to use the same mind that created the problem to find out the solution. And so this is where we actually need to go into listening to the gut and also listening to the heart. So your heart is also known as your third brain. And so we're really going to be focusing on here what's below the neck. So your actual body, because your body itself is giving you the answers. It is telling you what it needs. And what I want to explain with this and have you really marinate on is when was the last time that you had a gut instinct, right? The gut instinct, it you feel it in your solar plexus or essentially where your gut is. And that is because of all of the nerves and everything that is going on there. Your gut will be able to tell you if you feel safe or not. It's not your mind that's telling you, it's that gut. When you get butterflies in your stomach, both good and bad, that is something to really be thinking about. But what happens is that we get out of tune and out of alignment with our own body. And then we start to seek external people and validation and doctors and other things telling us what we should do. So essentially, we stop listening to our own gut. And so what I really want you to do and marinate within this podcast is where have you recently been listening to your gut? And where have you not been? And that's a really good one actually to do as a journal entry. I get asked all the time of what are you know, I, I suck at journaling, I don't know how to do where to start. You really could just start with this of what is something recently that my gut told me to do, both either good or bad? Where have I been listening to my gut? What have been the implications of listening or not listening to my gut? So something for me, I am always led on where to move 
when it comes to, I don't listen to the head because the head is going to come from a place of fear. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to find all the rational answers and ideas. Your gut, on the other hand, and your heart, right, that third brain is going to tell you and be a little bit better on what it is you should be doing. So if your gut, you're getting butterflies, for example, listen to that. But what happens is that we get out of alignment listening to ourselves. And this is also why I don't love the whole term of intuitive eating, because it is really hard to be in, have intuitive eating if you are not in tune with yourself. And being in tune with yourself means, first off, listening to that gut. What is it saying? Another way that I like to think about those gut instincts is, is it a fuck yes or a fuck no? And yes, I use a cuss word on purpose because it's a little bit punchy. It's a little bit better to think about than if I were to say, hey, is it a yes or a no? Well, I, you know, it could be a yes, could be a no. But when I say, is it a fuck yes? And you're like, ooh, I, no, it's not. Or is it a fuck no that you go to this thing? That is your gut. That is you getting more in alignment. So here's the thing. When we have an unhealthy gut, it leads to a whole host of issues within the body and the mind. So some of the warning signs that you might have an unhealthy gut is that you have an um, upset stomach. So whether this is when you drink alcohol and you're getting bloated, maybe you're eating certain foods and you're getting constipated, or you're just getting pain when you eat or maybe when you don't eat. Another sign of an unhealthy gut is when something happens, maybe, you know, you get a bad phone call or just, you know, that kind of icky thing that you feel in that gut and it might turn into pain, which then creates kind of chaos within the body. Another sign of an unhealthy gut is that you feel more tired than not. So meaning you might be getting all the correct sleep, but you're still feeling fatigued throughout the day. Signs of an unhealthy gut is that you are getting skin breakouts and that you have bags or dark circles under your eyes. If you are just having trouble sleeping, whether it's falling asleep, staying asleep, waking up too early, not being able to fall back asleep, or you're feeling fatigued, those are all signs of an unhealthy gut. If you have an intolerance to food, so a lot of people say that they have a intolerance to gluten. Now, the thing is, it might not actually be the gluten. It might be that there are toxins that have built up in the gut, i.e. you have an unhealthy gut and unhealthy gut microbiome, which is making it so that you cannot digest the very foods that you're trying to eat. You may have extreme food cravings, especially to sugar. So those who have serious cravings for sugar, I can already tell you that some of the bacteria, you have more bad bacteria than you have good. And I know it might be scary when I was talking about that we have 200 different species of bacteria and viruses and fungi. But here's the thing, your body, your stomach actually needs these in order to thrive. And so you may have at some point taken an antibiotic. And while that helps to heal whatever it is you're going through, the 
antibiotic actually kills a lot of the healthy gut bacteria. And so, and so what happens is that once you've killed this bacteria, it actually makes your immune system worse. So while you might have gone and killed the one thing, like let's say you have candida and you've gone and you've taken this, this um, pill, right, to get rid of this, as it kills the, the good, the healthy bacteria in your gut, you're then left with your body is actually fighting harder because it has less of the good bacteria. That's why we talk about probiotics and prebiotics. So other ways in which you might have an unhealthy gut and what it leads to is that you're having unintentional weight gain or weight loss. So when clients come to me and they say, hey, you know, I want to lose weight, I can't lose weight. I don't immediately go and look at the food that you're having. We start to look at your stress levels. And something else that I would really recommend you doing is on the same piece of paper. And I hope by now that you have learned with every episode that you should have a journal, a notebook, or just something to take notes on. I would ask you to write down on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your level of joy right now? And on a scale of one to 10, again, 10 being high, what is your stress levels? Because I can already tell you that if you have high stress levels and you have lower joy levels, that your gut microbiome is not healthy. And that's because stress plays such a huge role. And then when our gut microbiome is off and it's literally fighting, it's harder to lose weight, even if you are quote unquote doing all of the right things. So other ways in which you might have an unhealthy gut and how it manifests is that, as I said, you have skin irritations, you're breaking out, but that you're constantly stressed. So stress is directly related to the health of your gut. And as I had mentioned in the beginning, you have digestive issues. So these are things to really focus on and pay attention to that as you're kind of listening to this, I want you just to think, which ones do I have? Which ones do I currently deal with? Now, there are so many different ways to improve your gut health. And the reason that I actually wanted to do this episode is because this is being talked about more and more, the gut health, but I still feel like it's not quite enough. And when I say that, like enough in quotation marks, I'm really saying that we are kind of being taught, okay, here's a new diet. Why don't you try this? Or, you know, cow's milk or cow's dairy, not good for you. Avoid that. Right. So we're focusing more on the actions versus going to the root source. And so an unhealthy gut is caused by having um, antibiotics. It is caused by lack of sleep. It is caused by stress. And stress is the number one killer. Stress is the number one thing that is leading you to not see the results that you want. And that is because stress then manifests itself in different ways. Stress creates it so we don't sleep as well. If we are stressed going to bed at night, it's going to be that you're just not getting that restful sleep that you need, which is regenerative. Now, if you're not getting that regenerative sleep and you're waking up, well, you're more likely to be tired the next day. If you're tired the next day, what are you more likely to reach for? Are you going to go have a healthy salad or meal? Are you going to go exercise or because you're tired, are you going to reach for something like sugar or a muffin? 
Well, of course, you're going to reach for the muffin or the, the sugary thing because, and this is what's interesting, your gut, if it's unhealthy, is craving sugar. And it's kind of this cycle that happens, which is really tough because as you crave sugar, your gut gets unhealthier. As your gut gets unhealthier, you crave for more sugar. But let's kind of take it back that if you're not sleeping correctly, you're not getting that regenerative, restorative sleep, and you're waking up, you're full of fatigue, you're reaching for the sugary thing, well, that's going to have an impact. Once you reach for that sugary thing, I want you to ask yourself, do I feel really good and happy and healthy and energetic? Probably not. You're probably starting to feel guilty, like, God, why did I do that? I shouldn't have. Right? So now you're starting to beat yourself up in the mind, which again, creates more stress in the body. So let's quickly talk about the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. This has a direct impact on your gut health. Your sympathetic nervous system has a direct impact on the results that you are seeing or not seeing. And so as you, again, think about this, I want you to ask yourself, or as you're listening, I want you to ask yourself, how stressed am I? What is causing me stress? So if I had to ask you, what are the five things right now today that are causing you stress? You might say, I don't like my body or my weight. I don't like how I look. My job is overwhelming. Um, my relationship is not where I want it to be. My house is a mess. Right? There might be a number of different things. So when you are stressed out, your body is in the sympathetic nervous system. This is literally called fight or flight. And I want you to think about in, in nature, let's just say there's a lion that's chasing after a deer. Well, the deer actually needs a level of stress, i.e. cortisol, in order to run away. So when we go into the sympathetic nervous system, your cortisol then rises immediately. And this is not something that happens in your mind. This is something that happens immediately automatically. So the cortisol increases, which shuts off your digestion. So if you are living, as I asked, how stressed, how joyful are you? If you are living in a fairly stressed out state of five or above, I can tell you that your body is literally pumping out cortisol. So for women, think about your midsection. If you feel like you have a muffin top or you're having those rolls over your jeans, I can already tell that you have too much cortisol. So we take a step back. Where's the cortisol happening? Well, the cortisol is happening because your body is in a state of fight or flight. This is impacting the gut, creating then more stress, and it is creating you to not see the results you want. So when you have this animal that is being chased, once it's safe, what does an animal do? You've probably seen it. A dog, for example, they shake, they shake everything off. And it might be like a nervous shake that happens, or it might be a full on just shaking. This is because the body is releasing this extra energy, i.e. the cortisol. Now, as human beings, we don't do this. We get stressed and we push it down. We numb ourselves with drugs, with alcohol, with food. We distract ourselves with our to-do lists, with needing to be busy. And so the very stress and cortisol that you're experiencing, you push down, trying to numb it, not deal with it, and you're not releasing it. This is where things like breath work are so important, somatic body work, 
exercise. So important. You need to release this cortisol as it happens. So I want you to think about the last time that you had what felt like the gut punch or you started feeling that tingly sensation. Maybe you were scared. If you're not releasing it, that cortisol is building up. And so if you're at a five or above on that scale, you're living in a fight or flight state pretty much 24-7, which means you're not going to get that sleep that you need. You're not going to feel rested. You're going to make more poor decisions. And that is why with clients, I don't immediately go to the food. The food is, yes, absolutely important, but it is so much more important for you to learn how to go into the parasympathetic nervous system. So parasympathetic is rest and digest. I want you to think about, have you ever, I'm sure you have, but when was the last time that you had a meal where you were just filled with joy, with love, with laughter? Maybe you were on a date with someone. Maybe you were with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Maybe you were just sitting by yourself enjoying this beautiful solo date night. I love those, by the way. What was going on in your body? How did you feel? Were you calm? Was your mind racing? Well, probably not. You were probably laughing. You were eating slow. You were really enjoying the moment. So rest and digest is where you need to be when you are eating your meals. And so as I was mentioning, when we go into that cortisol state, the fight or flight, which is happening, by the way, if you wake up and you are immediately checking your phone and you're seeing all the emails coming in, you are literally choosing to put yourself into a place of fight or flight. When we get inundated with text messages, with emails, with things that we feel like we need to respond to right here, right now, you are consciously choosing to put yourself in a state of stress. So I want this to really land. You are consciously choosing to increase your cortisol and live in this state. It is a choice. That is why you hear so often, do not check your phone first thing in the morning. Go meditate, go journal, go for a walk, go for a run, go do something that's mindful because you're keeping your body at a level that is, you're keeping yourself basically in that parasympathetic before you go into the world. So yes, you do need that cortisol to go into the meeting, give it your all. You do need that cortisol when you're working out, but you do not need that cortisol the moment that you're waking up. And so that is something I really, really want you just to marinate with. Let it land, let it sink that you are making a conscious decision to keep yourself from seeing the very results that you want, which is why you are feeling stressed. It's why you're feeling sick. It's why you're not seeing results. And it all starts with the very first thing that you're doing in the morning. So the goal is to live more in a state of the parasympathetic than it is to live in the sympathetic. Now, if it was so easy, which by the way, it is, I'm just letting you know, but if it was so easy, everyone would be doing it. But we are addicted to our phones. We are addicted to social media. We are addicted to responding to people immediately and always being available. So part of reducing the stress in your life is going to be putting yourself first. And do you notice how we're kind of coming at it from different angles? Because sure, I could sit here and tell you, Go take a probiotic. That is going to enhance your gut health. Take a prebiotic. But it's not going to change the level of stress that you are experiencing. So I want to give you a few other 
tips and examples of things that you can and should be doing. But the number one thing that I want you to focus on is what are you doing right before you go to sleep? And what are you doing right when you wake up? Because if you are going to sleep after checking social media, you are already making it so that you're causing stress in the body. You're causing your body to not be able to regenerate because of the blue light on the phone. So when we have blue light, it messes with our melatonin. And so the human body, there are so many different beautiful aspects, but everything literally goes hand in hand together like a puzzle piece. There's not one thing that isn't directly related to something else in the body. So the stress you have is impacting your gut health. Your gut health is impacting your lack of results. Your lack of results is then impacting how you treat yourself going forward. Do you notice the theme or the circle that I'm talking about here? So here are some things that you can be doing. Simple tips. Here's the thing. You already know these. I'm not sharing anything new, but I really want you to focus on these and answer the questions that I've been giving you and just sit with them. But foods, food plays such a vital role in our gut health, in our overall health, in our mind health. And so knowing that our gut is our second brain, if you are feeling like you're not seeing the results that you want in your life, I'm going to ask you to stop paying attention to what your mind is thinking and start paying attention to what your gut is telling you. And so we have to feed the gut, just like you need to feed a baby as it's growing and you need to feed it with the right foods. Like you can't give a baby Cheetos and expect it to be healthy. You need to think about this with yourself, your gut. If you could almost picture your gut and all of these organs as a little tiny child, that might make it a little bit easier on how to make right decisions. So you need to be eating a variety of foods. You know this. It's nothing new. The simplest way to think about it is count colors, not calories. This is why I love this saying so much. Because if you're focused on even the ingredients, which I agree you should be looking at ingredients, but if you're focused on ingredients or macros or calories... I can already tell you that you are not getting enough colorful foods with, which have fiber and nutrients and phytonutrients that your body literally needs. So here's the cool thing. Something like my five-day detox, which I will link in the show notes. If you do my five-day detox, you will feel better immediately. Within day one, you start to feel better. You will start to sleep better. Improved sleep means that you have more energy. So now you're sleeping better. You have more energy. You're feeling more joyful your mind clears, the brain fog goes away, your cravings go away, you lose weight, you lose inflammation. And all of this happened because you have a diet with a bunch of different colors while taking out certain things that are making your gut health worse. So I am a very big fan of doing my five-day detox. If you haven't done it, I highly, highly recommend it. Now, Think about that. Just every single meal, you have three plus colors. So what does that look like? Well, if I were to give you a salad and it has, let's just say, some greens, some romaine, and then I put some cucumber on it, and then I put some broccoli on it, that's three greens, right? It might look nice. But let's say I take that same salad and then the salad I'm giving myself, I have those three things. And now I have added on some kidney beans. And I've added on some sweet potato. And you know what? Why not? Let's add some maybe mango and some strawberries. Oh, and then I put some walnuts. Tell me, 
which salad sounds better, yours, which has the lettuce, the cucumber, and the broccoli, or mine, which has all of those different colors and textures and tastes? Well, of course, mine sounds better. That is because it's colorful. So the whole kind of science behind colors, and maybe not so much science on this, but the way that the mind works, what's your favorite season? Typically, people's favorite season is one that has an abundance of colors where you have the beautiful blue sky. Maybe you have the fall colors. Everything is the leaves are changing. Or maybe it's spring or summer where you have these beautiful flowers and the grass is out. You might like winter when it snows, right? That's sexy and appealing because it's cozy or you're skiing. But when the snow melts, it's gray, it's dark, nothing is alive, right? So most people don't sit there and say that they like winter for more than a little bit of time. My guess is you like spring, summer, or fall. Why is that? It's because it's a vibrancy of colors for the eyes. So your eyes eat before your mouth does. So having colorful foods will satiate the mind already. And so we're dropping yourself into that parasympathetic just from looking at the food that you have. Isn't that interesting? Then you're eating all of these colors and you're having all of these different nutrients, phytonutrients. And so what's so cool is we know that tomatoes, for example, have lycopene. Well, tomatoes are red. Guess what tomatoes are really good for? Your heart. We have carrots beautiful orange, right? And if you slice into a carrot, what does it look like? It looks like your eye, the beta carotene. You have a walnut. Walnuts are really delicious. I at least love them. What do walnuts look like? Your brain. Well, walnuts have healthy fats that are good for your brain. So naturally, as you start to count colors, you're going to get all of these different vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body needs. And guess what? You haven't even had to think about a diet or what you are are not eating, I'm just asking you start with at least three colors on your plate. If that's too hard to do for every single meal, start with one. Start with breakfast. Make a smoothie. Put some oats in there. Put some walnuts in there. Put some spinach in there. Put some raspberries in there. Maybe a banana, right? Notice that we're already starting to get this abundance of colors, which means more nutrients. So here are some other very specific foods that are going to be really good for you. Although I will say anything that comes from the ground, meaning it's a plant, a fruit, a vegetable, a legume, a grain, a nut or a seed is going to be good. But raspberries, raspberries are amazing for you. They have an abundance of phytonutrients. Artichokes. Artichokes are incredibly good for you as well as, I don't know if you've ever seen, but they have artichoke supplements or like artichoke tinctures. That is because artichoke is incredibly detoxifying. Green peas, broccoli, chickpeas and lentils and beans, all types of beans. So you might have, your body might have an aversion to beans. That I can already say typically is because you have a toxicity of buildup in your system. So that's why my detox works wonders for people. So raw nuts and seeds, and you want to make sure that they're not roasted and that they're not salted. That's going to basically go against the very nature of the nutrients you're getting. Whole wheats such as oats and bulgur and quinoa, super good for you. I want you to stop being afraid of quote unquote carbohydrates. It's about finding what works for your body. Again, listening to your gut. This is why no one diet works for every single person because some people do better 
on a higher protein with lots of vegetables diet with minimal starches. Other people like myself, I do extremely well on a more plant-based diet. So how did I find this out? Well, I listened to my gut, to my body. So what I want you to do is your next meal. I want you to ask yourself as you're eating it, eating this meal, will this make me feel light and energetic or heavy and full? And just sit with the answer. Or let's say you go and eat something and maybe it's this big, beautiful salad, as I said, with all of the things on it. It might be all the healthy things, but maybe you ate too much. And so now you're full. That's listening to your body, i.e. your gut. So bananas and apples also incredibly good for you. Kiwi. And notice I'm saying all of these foods that are naturally occurring in nature. Now, let's go a step further. Fermented foods are incredibly beneficial for the gut. And fermented foods have gone uh, undergone fermentation, which is basically a process in which the sugars that they contain are broken down by yeast or bacteria. I know it sounds kind of gross as it is, but things like yogurt. And no, I'm not talking about vanilla flavored sugar-free yogurt. I'm saying just pure Greek yogurt that you get from somewhere like Whole Foods, not from somewhere, you know, like a no normal grocery store. I really want you focusing on as natural as it could be. So your health food stores are going to have good for you yogurts. Kimchi, kimchi and sauerkraut are incredibly good fermented foods. Kefir, kefir is another one. Kombucha. Now, my only thing with kombucha that I will say is that it should not be drink every single day because it can actually have a bloating effect because of the bubbles. And you have to remember there is sugar in kombucha. So having a kombucha once in a while, or maybe splitting so one bottle, split that up, maybe have one cup, that's going to be a great thing. And tempeh is another really good one. So maybe once a week, instead of having meat, have tempeh with your meal. So notice... I'm saying things that you already know. I'm just hopefully presenting them in a different way that helps you understand that you're really feeding this little baby inside of you, this gut. And I really love that. And I love analogies, by the way. I love this analogy because it's kind of like saying, wow, if I had this sweet little child in front of me, would I really be giving it Doritos like to a three-month-old? So I want you to think of your gut microbiome or just your whole insides, where your gut is as this sweet little three-year-old. And so you want to just nourish it. Now, what are some additional ways to improve your gut health? Well, number one, what we talked about, sleep. So your nighttime routine is super important for your sleep. Your phone should be away an hour before bed. If you have a tendency to look at your phone in the middle of the night, if you can't sleep, I want you to put your phone on airplane mode. If you still take your phone off airplane mode and you are looking at it, I want you to put your phone in another room. Get yourself an alarm clock or maybe put it in the hallway. Doing this, at least I can say in my life and not looking at my phone right before bed has been a game changer. Now, as we talk about with sleep, what are some other ways to help? Reading, meditating. I actually personally love to meditate right before bed. I find that it calms me down and I get a more restful sleep versus right in the morning. So maybe you do five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. 
There are no rules. The only rule I want you to follow is what works for you. And what works for you means starting to find literally what your gut is telling you. Now, sleep is such an important thing, but we don't prioritize it enough. If you are waking up and you're not feeling restful, again, think about your nighttime routine. Think about your morning routine. What is the first thing that you're doing? Are you checking your phone or are you drinking a big glass of water? Are you drinking tap water? So this is another thing that is going to have a negative impact on your gut. If you are drinking tap water, you need to be switching to a filter. Now, Brita is not the best. It doesn't really do all that much. I would highly recommend. I have um, Pure P-U-R under my sink. It was so easy to install. And we have a Brita. I highly recommend doing this. Um, drinking water from plastic bottles as well is not going to be great long term. So it's, it is worth investing in yourself. I've also had a countertop water filter. Those ones are amazing. But really focusing on drinking the right water as well as putting minerals or a pinch of Himalayan sea salt in your water. So managing your stress levels. We talked about how your body is in the sympathetic nervous system pretty much all the time. This is why you meditate. This is why you journal. This is why you get outside. I understand maybe you're like, oh, I need to do my 10,000 steps. And well, why are you doing that? Are you doing that because someone told you to? Or are you doing it because you know that going outside and breathing in that fresh air, <sighs> that breath is going to calm you down? So something that I always do with clients is when we start a call, I have them close their eyes and literally for like one minute, that's it, one to two minutes, close your eyes and breathe in on a count to five, breathe out of your mouth like a straw on a count to eight. Do this one time a day. I'm not asking much, I'm saying one time, set an alarm. That will drop you into that parasympathetic. So if you find that you are pretty stressed, set an alarm. Maybe you do it right before lunch. So you have your food and you just do a few deep breaths. That's going to drop you into that parasympathetic so that you can actually digest and assimilate the nutrients. Because my love, if you are eating your lunch or dinner or any meal in front of your laptop or on your phone, you are keeping yourself in a state of that sympathetic nervous system. You need to leave technology, slow down. So part of slowing down is getting off all the things that are keeping your mind busy. And you've probably heard the saying that if you're stressed, you need to meditate more. If you don't have time, you need to meditate more. And it's like, wait, but I don't have time. I can't meditate. You do because that's going to bring you into that parasympathetic, which is going to help you make better decisions long term. So moving your body, this is nothing new. I'm not saying any groundbreaking science here. I'm just telling you that moving your body, whether it's yoga, whether it's Pilates, lifting weights, whether it's going for a walk, all of these things are going to help improve your gut health. Now, the question is, how often are you doing it? If you go to the gym once a week and you don't go the rest of the week, Again, you're keeping yourself in that state of the parasympathetic of fight or flight, and you're boosting your cortisol. You are not going to sleep when your cortisol levels are high. So do you see how everything comes together? And lastly, having probiotics, which can help restore the gut microflora. So I really hope that this episode illuminated 
some new things for you, or maybe you already knew them and you just needed to hear them in a slightly different way. But I really recommend maybe listening to this again, taking your journal, your pen and paper, writing down the answers to things that I've asked, because I can guarantee that when you start to increase your joy levels and decrease stress, you will see more results. And that starts with your gut. So I'd love to hear feedback from you. Did this episode resonate? What did you learn from it? Feel free to send me anything of your scores, your one to 10. And until next week, here's to a sharper life. 